Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Achieve Your Goals podcast listeners, John Berghoff here. Hey, happy day to you, whatever day you are listening to this podcast on. This next episode is a conversation I recently had with Drew Canoli. And before I tell you about Drew or this episode, I am going to tell you that this conversation that you're about to listen in on, it's a two-part conversation. So you'll hear maybe 20 minutes or so of it today, 20, 30 minutes, and then we release the rest of it next week. I will tell you there were moments, several of them during this conversation where I thought to myself, this might be one of the most deep and meaningful interviews that I've had the privilege of being a part of since I've been standing in for Hal for the last six months. This was a conversation that I will go back to. It'll be one of very few. In fact, I've never yet done this. It might be the first that I go back and listen to. It was so awesome. So I hope you love my conversation with Drew Canoli. I'll tell you a little bit about him here. Drew is a best-selling author. He's the founder of Organifi, an organic, incredibly delicious greens powder full of superfoods, make juicing super easy for you. He's also the founder and CEO of fitlife.tv. I could be incorrect on this, but I think he's got 4.5 or 4.7 million viewers, followers, subscribers. And when you listen to Drew talk about what he values and what has driven him in his life, you probably won't be surprised at the success that he has had and the impact that he has made in the world. So I hope you have as much fun and you get as much out of this as I did. Again, it was amazing. Last thing here, a couple shout outs. If you listened to our last two episodes with Brother James, you missed out. You got to go listen in. Brother James, the last two episodes, we together played five or six Brother James songs during these episodes, which I've never done that on a podcast. I'm sure he does it all the time. But we also debuted the Miracle Morning song for the first time ever on the last podcast episode with Brother James. So go listen to our episodes with Brother James. He is an incredible guy. He's also a pillar of our Best Year Ever Blueprint event. And you hear in the first episode with Brother James, we talk about the history of my relationship with him and how we became really good friends over the last four years, starting with the first ever Best Year Ever Blueprint event, the first time he and I had ever met. Last thing, a couple shout outs. We have had folks pick up tickets to the Best Year Ever Blueprint event and we get a little notification every couple hours, every time somebody buys a seat right now. And I saw in the last couple days, we have somebody coming from France, from Poland, from Australia, several from the UK. And I'm just reminded that this community of people who are passionate about changing the world, passionate about growing themselves and helping each other is really one of a kind. So as we're closing in on selling out the event, If you're planning on joining us, now is the time to finally reserve your seat. Come for all three days. Join us for Entrepreneur Day on Friday. Bring a friend. Go to bestyeareverlive.com, bestyeareverlive.com. Enjoy this conversation with Drew Canoli. All right. Welcome, Achieve Your Goals podcast listeners. John Berghoff here. Super special episode with Drew Canoli a rock star in the world of fitness, nutrition, mindset, has a huge heart for others, is changing the world, has a huge community. You're going to learn all about this. You're going to meet Drew, founder of fitlife.tv, 
and the Organifi product. So we're going to figure out what all that is. We're going to talk all about it. But Drew, thank you for being here today, my friend. Super cool. John, thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure to be a part of a community that is boldly waking up every single morning with new goals and strategies to impact not only their life, but the people around them. I think that's cool. And I'm excited about the podcast today. Hey, appreciate that, Drew. Appreciate that. I think it's fun for me to share with everybody that you and I just met like a moment ago. The spirit of this podcast, as everybody has gotten to know since long before I was here, is it's total transparency and authenticity. So one thing that's fun for me is I'm going to get to know you right now just alongside of all of our listeners. And I'm looking forward to that. We've got some great mutual friends that connected us, Hal and Niels. And so this is as fun for me as it is for them. Yeah. Hey, did you grow up in Northern Michigan? Is that right? Lake City, Michigan. 24 years of my life growing up in Michigan. Loved it. Yeah. So I would love to know, you know, what did growing up in Michigan do in shaping you and what you value? Because I've read somewhere that there's something about those values for you that are meaningful. And I'm a big fan of people constantly checking in with themselves of, hey, what is it that I value? And how is that guiding my life? How did growing up there shape who you are today? Well, I think, you know, you can grow up anywhere and you can choose the values that you want in that moment through that interpretation, that filter of life that we have. But for me, growing up in Michigan, uh, what really was amazing was that everybody uh, wore their heart on their sleeve, completely vulnerable. Mm. And some of the biggest givers I've ever met in my life, you could be in a grocery store in the middle of nowhere, which Lake City is in the middle of nowhere, like 800 people in the town, you're walking through the grocery store and a complete stranger comes up and asks you if you need help. And you're like, well, you don't work here. And then they guide you to that thing that you're actually looking for. So there's this overtly openness to being helpful that I think society and the rest of the world sometimes sometimes can shun upon, uh, depending on where you are in the world. You know, you go to New York, that would never happen. LA, Mm, San Diego is a little bit more lenient when it comes to that kind of stuff. But growing up in Michigan really taught me that. It taught me that there's more than just image, that really what's inside of you is your heart and that's what the world wants to see. It taught me to be that five-year-old child always and be vulnerable and rage into the day with this level of authenticity and vulnerability that wakes people up. Mm. So my mother, you know, growing up in Michigan, my father, I've had many mentors in my life, but really I can say that about Michigan. It's just really, really good salt of the earth people. It's a very dear place to me. Wow. That's awesome. You know, What's fun for me to hear you share that. So a few things that I got to call out here. One of them is we just on this podcast, our guest that launched today. So if that means if you're watching the live stream, what is today? Wednesday, the 16th is Jeremy Brother James Rising, who's a musician from just north of Traverse City. And Drew, I was with my team in Traverse City last week with Jeremy when we filmed that. Get out of here. Yeah. And he's a pillar to this whole community. So he plays live what he calls musical affirmation. So all of his songs are positive. He's an incredible musician. And he's been playing. He kind of launched part of his career through our Best You Ever Blueprint live event four years ago. So he was actually the episode that was released today. The second part is next week. And then yours might be after that. So this is like the month of Michigan, which is great. 
I love that. Wow. Synchronicity. It's always amazing to me to like see how much the universe just lines it up. Yeah. You know, the other thing, as you were sharing, I love what you just said, Drew, about this openness to helping others. You know, it struck me right away that I grew up on the West Coast. I grew up in the Bay Area and then I lived in Northern Virginia. So it was like I went from San Jose to Washington, D.C., where you have these really strong cultures, very different. And then I now live in Cleveland, where I love raising my kids with my wife. And people are often asking, when are you going to move to San Diego or to Austin, where we have friends or customers or business partners? But I love the values that are so clear and present here in the middle of the country. And so as you shared that, I thought, well, we have the opposing journey that I started on the West Coast. Now I'm here. You started here. Now you're in San Diego, right? Yeah, in San Diego. I lived in Florida for a little bit too, and then came out here. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, Drew, tell us about how you grew up there in Michigan. It instilled these values in you. And then you had kind of a transformational moment for yourself that was kind of like a tipping point that had to do with your own well-being. And that I think eventually led to you realizing you could help others with their well-being. Tell us a little bit about your journey because today you've got, and please correct me on these statistics if I'm wrong, your TV show, you've got millions, three, four million followers, viewers, fans. Yeah. 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 It's pretty profound. So that's a big deal. Let's unpack mm-hmm. what led you there. Because you were in the finance world, right? And then now you're helping people yeah. transform with their well-being. How did that happen? Well, right out of college, I I grew up, you know, like I said, in Michigan. And at the time it was very, you know, the average per cap per household was around 30 to 40 grand. So it was kind of blue collar, a little bit above, um, maybe in some parts of the world. Mm -hmm. But I had this hunger inside to go off and prove myself, to show the world how great I was through stuff that was outside of me. You know, the car, the bling, the the house, you know, and my, my clothes, the appearance, everything was external. Mm. And I met with one of my mentors, Frank, every morning for like two years. And we would get into scripture. We would get into, you know, other spiritual work, self-development, raising our consciousness. And what happened over the course of the two years, I realized a lot of the things that I was chasing after were so fleeting and they were so false and they were so fake. And uh, doing credit and finance, I liked helping people, but I didn't like the medium in which I was doing it. So mm. I really had this idea and it really started at a young age when I was 12. I'll, I'll close the, I'll close this loop in a little bit. But when I was 12, I was literally sitting at a stoplight with my parents in a car and I willed the light to change. We've all done that, right? Where mm. all of a sudden you're sitting yeah. there and we're like, we need a green light. So I did that. And then I started this um, onslaught of lucid dreaming. Every night I'd go to sleep and I was creating my own reality in the dream space, which was cool. So as I'd wake up, I'm like, all right, I dreamed, I had a dream with that. Now let's see if I can create it in the world. So I'm like, if I could design fast forward to meeting with Frank, the perfect lifestyle, what would I do? What do I love doing that maybe... I am not representative of. And that was health. At the time, Mm -hmm. I was 40 pounds overweight. I was out of shape. I was lazy, lethargic. I didn't have the vitality that I have today. I probably looked older then than I do now. And um, I'm like, all right. And I get to help people. And I get to change the world. And I get to make money doing it. I'm like, this is the perfect career. Now, how do I do it? And this was six and a half years ago. I had an HD flip cam. And I'm like, I'm just going to be vulnerable and open. 
So I grabbed the camera, set it up, and I told them, guys, I'm going to do a 90-day transformation. I'm going to lose this weight. Watch me follow along. If you're trying to lose weight, I'm going to reveal some of the myths that are out there, some of the misconceptions of dieting, of juicing, of cleansing, of detoxing, all these things. So follow the journey. And in 90 days, I lost 40 pounds. And I started to see, you know, first 12 views on my video, 100 views on my videos. And I would text my dad. I'd be like, dad, I sent you this video yesterday. There was 12 views. There's still 12 views today. What's going on? Watch it. Can you, you know, <laughs> tracking people down to get viewers. That's and so then great. sure enough, over two to three years, we started gaining momentum, picking up two, 300,000 fans a month. And now today we have about 4.7 million. And it's cool because it all started from the heart and everything that we do is from the heart. And it's just a different business. The culture, we take company trips two, three times a year. Um, it, it's total like the Miracle Morning community. But it all started from really having this authentic desire to change the planet and help people on a really deep level, regardless of how much money or external validation you got. Because when I do a video, I could really care less how many people watch it, how many views, subscribers, you know, Instagram likes, whatever people are chasing a lot. And I'm yeah. caring more about that one person that's listening to this right now that's going to take one piece of this message and absolutely have a life transformation. Mm. So I would do that every day for the rest of my life until I die. And um, it's something that I'm really, really inspired by and proud of. Mm. So, yeah. Wow. It's so cool to hear how you're describing that story. You know, a couple things I just was noting of as I'm following along is you talked about how there was a moment where you realized that everything that you were chasing in your life was external and you said fleeting. And you used the phrase that you were constantly trying to figure out how to elevate your consciousness. And as we follow what you just shared in your journey... It sounds like you went from a place where, and I'm just going to oversimplify here, and I'd love to hear what happened for you that allowed this to actually happen. But it sounds like you became less focused on yourself and more legitimately focused on others. How can somebody go through that process? What did you go through? You said you met with your mentor, Frank, every week for yeah. a couple of years. What did you have to do to create that kind of shift that legitimately changed what was motivating you? Yeah. Uh, two parts. One, and this leads me into the Miracle Morning because I established a really strong morning ritual, right? Mm. I've always mm -hmm. woken up 6 a.m., sometimes 4.35 if I'm writing a lot, uh, working out, drinking my green juice. And I'll, well, we can talk more about the morning ritual later, but mm -hmm. starting that, building momentum up. And crossing things off the list, getting the psychological reward centers, the dopamine, the serotonin to light up in and day out, building the momentum up. And um, that's kind of what happened in the very beginning. But in order to do that, I had to bring myself into the space of what if. And it was mm -hmm. what if I continued to live the life that I'm currently living, the way that I'm living, the impact that I'm making, the selfishness that I'm showing up in the world as, and the selfishness really was coming from not giving my gifts, holding on to my gifts, not inspiring the world to change through the gifts. And when I made that shift, I was doing a visualization and I visualized that I died. Hmm. I had like this near-death experience. 
And I saw how many people showed up. I saw the language that they were using at the funeral, the emotion, the feelings, everything behind it from an observation space. As I'm observing this, I'm like, oh, I really got to get my act together. Hmm. Here I am. I want to change the world, but I'm not doing anything to change myself. In order to change the world, we have to be change, right? As Gandhi would say. And I just, from that day forward, I've constantly had this mission, this movement, everything on my mind to how can I impact? What difference can I make? How can I serve? Um, how can I demonstrate source, right? Mm, yeah. Tell us what you mean by that when you use that word source and demonstrating. So what does that mean? Getting sourcey. Uh, basically, <laughs> that means realizing that we are all part of this um, divinity, right? Of God. Mm. Like we are, Mother Teresa said, we are a pencil in the hand of God. And I believe that. I believe I am just a reflection. Everything I do day in and day out is um, in, in alignment with that. And in my soul, soul, like in my heart of hearts. And I believe we're all connected. We are so vastly more connected than we ever even thought possible. Mm. And, you know, if you look at quantum physics and quarks and all these other things, like even talking to you now, there's this energy that's not just going to the computer screen, but it's traveling through the rest of the universe to where you are, John. And it's mm-hmm. my light is showing up to you and your light is responding to it even outside of this on a subconscious quantum physics level. Yeah. So I believe that when we are in control of that light that's inside of us, that source, then miracles can happen day in and day out. It's just washing the mirror off over and mm. over. Wash it off, wash it off, wash it off. The human things that trigger us, that cause our emotional intelligence to go on a rampage, that trick the ego or the um, rackets or the, uh, you know, what does, I'm trying to think the power of now, what does he call the things that the pain, the pain body, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the power of now. So we're so conditioned to get into that pain body. And the more we separate ourselves from humanity and realize and have compassion for humanity, but also that we are part of divinity and we can live from that space I believe that's where the magic, closing the gap in between those two is where the magic's happening and will continue to happen as the, tra- as the planet uh, takes it to the next level through the power of nutrition, through the power of mindset, through the power of morning rituals, through everything that we're doing, which is really what's exciting to me. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, this is so great. This is so great. You know, for me, Drew, I have a colleague, a friend named Chris Laszlo, who mm-hmm. he did a lot of work in introducing to the corporate world what sustainability is or what it could be or what it might be. And his next research project that he's working on right now, and it's already been funded and it's sponsored by Stanford University Press, which is a big deal considering the topic is the consciousness of connectedness. And one of the things that they're exploring through some really rigorous research is the correlation between leaders who have certain practices that nurture what you're talking about, what I would call, or Chris would call a consciousness of connectedness. And they're talking about how in the future that'll be viewed as a form of capital, that how connected I'm able to become through my consciousness becomes an asset, just like anything else, just like my health or just like my ability to manage emotions or make a smart business decision. For me personally, I nurture that by going and hanging out in nature. It 
reconnects me in a big yeah. way. So let's talk about the physical well-being or nutrition, wherever you want to go with that. And I'm an amateur on this stuff. I'm fanatical about it, but I'm an amateur. I consider myself my own lifelong experiment. And the only way I can put it for myself, and you really have taught very deeply on this, so I'd love for them to hear from you, is that I notice there's no separation between what I put in my body and what my mindfulness practices are and what I do to take care of my body and the success of my business, the success in my relationships, the success as a parent, as a husband. There's no separation between how I take care of my body and everything that happens in my world. That's the only thing I've figured out. I don't know that I can explain what's actually happening, why all that works, but tell us about this role of physical well-being and what you've learned on this journey about that. Yeah, I think, like you said, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And Mm -hmm. if I'm putting crud in my gas tank and I'm expecting it to run like a million-dollar racehorse, then I'm not showing up in my full potential. And as human beings, you know, we have this, uh, this vagal tone, this vagal nerve. It's our oldest nerve in the human body from biology. It's what we talked about connectedness before. It's what causes seagulls to flock together and the gazelle to run in herds together, this vagal tone, this vibration. So when we're vibing at a certain level, through the thoughts and through the food that we're putting in our body, we're attracting concordant uh, vibratory other people in our experience. So when we're increasing the nutrition, the auric value of the, the fruits, the alkalization of the greens, the lemon, you know, the different things that we can get into, uh, we're thereby increasing our frequency and the whole world is frequency. So I think the good first step in my morning ritual is making sure that there's going to be times when you go out and maybe you have a drink or you're eating pizza or, you know, from the Midwest, maybe you had a good burger that waking up in the morning, it's time to alkalize. It's time to bring the body back into homeostasis. So always being cognizant of where you are kind of intuitively trusting your intuition. What do I need now? And um, doing that is going to give you long-term health and it's, it's worked really well for me. So if someone's listening and they're thinking, well, this all sounds important. What are some simple how-to steps when someone wakes up to alkalize the body? And please don't hesitate to talk about your yeah. products here because look, if they're helping people to do this, we should make sure they're hearing about it. Yeah. So the first thing that I do is really check in and I close my eyes and I ask myself, am I operating at a level 10? Okay. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not, I, and this is kind of like in a, what I call like the alpha state where it's like, you're kind of in consciousness, but you're not, you're like in between the two worlds. And then you wait for the answer. And if I'm not a level 10, I'm consciously asking the question, maybe I'm a seven, like what's happening that I need to clear in my mind or reframe or interpret because emotions actually create discord, actually create acidity in the body. So I'm working on the emotional uh, the emotional realm first before I wake up. So I work on being a level 10. And if you're in a relationship, you can do this with your partner. It's awesome. Like, are you level 10? Is there anything you need to clear about us, about our language, our communication? It's so awesome. Let me tell you. So that's the first thing. And then I take a series of big breaths, not just any type of breathing, 
It's more of a breathing in through your nose, which increases nitric oxide in your body. It's the only way. Breathing in through your nose, breathing out through your mouth, just like that. I do that for about 10 times. And then I stand up and I do a little Qigong. Are you familiar with Qigong? A little bit. Yep. Simple and easy. If you're watching the video, you just shake your body out. You get it moving, the circulation. There's what's called uh, cooking in bed too. I don't know if you've heard of that, but you can literally kind of jump on the bed with your body and roll around like you're sizzling in like a little pan, like your human body, right? What you're doing is you're touching every single point on your body. You're increasing the circulation. You're getting the blood flow. Because how often are there parts on your body that are left neglected? Maybe a certain part of your neck or your underarm never gets touched a lot. So you're just really becoming, you're accessing your whole overall body. And you become vastly more present to the feelings and sensations in your body. This is so so great. I'm just imagining one of our listeners, right, who's married. And tomorrow morning they wait. And what did you call this? Cooking? Cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Can you just see like... Some guy wakes up and his wife's wiggling around in the bed. And he's like, what are you doing? She goes, look, I heard it on this podcast. I'm cooking right now. Yeah, <laughs> This is so great. I love it. I love it. So keep so, going. I love this. This is great. Yeah, because movement changes the physiology. We know that, right? Like exercise increases blood flow, increases breath. It yeah. sends the dopamine, those feel-good hormones into your head and gets you ready for the day. So cooking, even if you don't go to the gym, it's just a good way to wake up. Mm-hmm. So you can do that. Uh, Qigong, move around, shake around, get some stretches in. And then I do what's called super hydration. Okay. And I learned this from my buddy, uh, Sean Stevenson a while ago. He has a great podcast as well. And I drink about 32 ounces of warm water with lemon and apple cider vinegar in it. Mm -hmm. So lemon and apple cider vinegar is actually going to help you curve those cravings that you may have late at night. You're reaching for the cookies or ice cream, whatever it is. And it's going to alkalize your body. You're going to realize, Mm -hmm. and it also does something really awesome is it clears mucus out of your body too. Mm -hmm. So if there's people that have stuffed up noses, allergies from the Midwest, whatever it is, apple cider vinegar works. And it also helps you mobilize fat cells. The lemon helps with phase two liver detoxification, which is incredible. It's one of the only citrus fruits on the planet that does this. And your liver is very, very important at keeping the system running correctly, right? Yeah, yeah. So I drink that water. Uh, From there, I'll do some spiritual reading. I um, will read about 15 to 20 minutes to get my mind in order. They say people that read for 30 minutes a day add an extra two to four years on their life based on a Harvard study that I read recently. So the simple act of reading is very powerful, especially as we age. Mm-hmm. Yep. Alzheimer's rate, diabetes type three is on the rise, right? Alzheimer's, people are forgetting a lot of stuff. Reading really, really helps with that. Yeah. So reading every morning and then it's time to hit the gym up. I'll get 45 minutes to an hour long workout. I have a home gym. Sometimes I'll go um, to get prepared for the day. And then I come back and um, I do, sometimes I'll sit in my hot tub and then I'll do a, like a cold and hot shower as well. If you don't have a hot tub. But get that lymphatic system going because that's another operating system that we have that we oftentimes neglect as human beings. So what I'm really focusing on is getting all the systems in this miracle of a machine plugged into the miracle morning so that I can have a miracle day 
And that's, uh, <laughs> it's really, really worked so far. It's working for you, Drew. And it sounds like it's working for a heck of a lot of people that you have helped. So we ought to go try some of these things out. I'll tell you, I'm documenting your routine here. And it's actually surprising how similar it is to what I do to start my day. Yeah. Um, so I love hearing it, but you definitely threw some things in here that I had never thought of. This is fantastic. Achieve Your Goals podcast listeners, what did you think? Was that pretty cool? Hey, let us know. Drop a note on Facebook, tag myself, tag Hal. And I uh, hope you enjoyed part one of my conversation with Drew Canoli. And look out for part two next week. Hey, take care, everybody. We'll see all of you coming up. We're closing in on our Best Year Ever Blueprint event, bestyeareverlive.com, San Diego, Manchester, Grand Hyatt, November 17th through the 19th. Hal and I, and about three or 400 other people from around the world, over 15 countries right now have bought tickets, people from 15 countries. We cannot wait to be with you. We'll see you then and enjoy part two when we drop it next week of my conversation with Drew Canoli. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 